position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello and welcome to episode number 135 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on this Sunday, the 28th of May, 2017. So make it for our sequel friends. 2017, uh, 05, 28, uh, at 1954 p.m. Pacific Coast time. Uh, 7.54 p.m. Pacific Coast time. For those of you not into the 24-hour time, we got crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth. Uh, I won't mind you, mind you say something, uh, to our... Oh, shit! Ow! Ow! He's holding up the whiskey sign. Why don't you say something to, uh, our friends? I want to ask you a bunch of questions, and I want to have them answered immediately. Oh, okay, that's nice. He's gonna ask you a bunch of questions. That's neat. Um, Ivor, you're fired. That was not funny. Um, let's get the whiskey. You're right, Ivor, you're right. You're fired, you're fired, you're fired. Ivor says he loves you to the audience. I or the audience says they love you too. I love the whiskey. So we're doing something a little unusual this week. Um, I was sick for most of this week, actually. Last four or five days. Four or five days. I've been pretty sick. Um, But I do have a game that I want to talk about. Uh, So our top stories this week are We Got Nothing For You This Week 
other than Megasphere. We're going to talk for about 20 minutes about Megasphere. Uh, we got no new and noteworthies. We got no deals. I mean, let me click on the store here. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? What do we got that's unspecial? Yeah, I'm not I'm not real enthused about about these uh, yeah. Anyway, and I, I really do want to talk about oh no, really? Ah okay. Well anyway, you can get Grim Fandango remastered and a bunch of the like Day of the Tentacle games um from the uh Chris Schaefer more or less school of awesome game design. Uh, they're on sale, but I really want to talk about Megasphere because it's the only game I've really played this week that has been at all good. And uh, Column is on hiatus, so here's our feature on uh, Megasphere. Uh, yeah, um, feels kind of weird to like just totally break the format like this, but I I haven't I haven't played anything. I haven't kept on top of anything for like the last four or five days. Um, which is why we're late. I thought we weren't even going to have an episode this week because I felt so shitty yesterday. Um, but uh, yeah, I will hit him with it. Who do you think? Oh my god. It's the Libyans. The Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Kooky. So then, Megasphere. What is Megasphere? I hear you cry. Well, first of all, Megasphere is spelled M E G A S P H E R E. And it is a, uh, Let's go to their store page and see if we can get a little bit of tasty audio, even though there's no dialogue in the game. Ah. Megasphere bills itself as... First of all, let's kill that audio, Ivor. Thank you. Megasphere bills itself as plays a special ops combat unit sent to investigate why the stars around solar system are going dark in Megasphere, a story-based post-cyberpunk action platformer adventure game of supermassive scale set in early 22nd century. Smart guns, robots, self-reconstructing environments, and vast AIs. Um, this came out August 25th, 2015. Which is one of the reasons why I don't feel bad. It's still in early access. And in fact, when you boot it up, it says, this game is not, you know, blah, blah, blah. And during my time playing it over the last couple weeks, I bought it forever ago. Uh, speaking of which, that's another good thing. Megasphere is $14.99. Here's what Megasphere is and why I really care about me- Megasphere. I played 12 hours of it this last week alone. Um... Megasphere is brutally hard. Um, that's the first thing. In fact, it was so hard that when I got it, I want to say I got it like forever ago. Um,
what, what am I trying to say here? Uh, okay, because there's so much stuff to talk about in terms of Megasphere. If you, like me, are a big fan of Castlevania Symphony of the Night, slash, and I'm not going to say Metroidvania. Damn it, I said Metroidvania. If you, like me, are a big fan of Castlevania Symphony of the Night, where you have like a side-scrolling platformer with weapon upgrades and equipment upgrades and stuff like that, and or uh, Super Metroid, which also has, you know, blah, same things, but in a different way. Like, that's more jump boots and locked doors. Castlevania Symphony of the Night was more, I can upgrade my weapons and combos and stuff, and come up with my own play solution, my own play style, my own attack style, my own defense style, and then my own visual style. That's a type of game that I have we've come close to making that game again um, just as good more or less, because I mean, what is a man but a miserable pile of secrets Alucard kill them all <laughs> um, Megasphere is even more ambitious than that, so the first thing that you, you experience with Megasphere is that it's really fucking difficult it's still in early access two, two years on, but it's really fucking difficult, it is mind-blowingly gorgeous, it is a side-scrolling platformer shooter um, but beyond that, what turned me off originally to my first hour of gameplay that I, I, I played like right after I first got it was the tutorial. It's so difficult that the tutorial kind of ends on a weird moment that like, you don't really understand why it won't let you go further. And the controls are kind of weird if you're playing with a gamepad. So you're not sure if everything's working right, even, and then, like, you don't know where to go, and you're kind of dead-ended. I gave it, you know, starting last week, I gave it another chance after a long time, I guess. Um, cause I, I was like, ah, oh, you know, Megasphere. That was, like, a game I was really pumped about. Now, why was I really pumped about Megasphere? Actually, you know what? They have a nice little bulleted bullet point list on, uh, the about this game thing for the page, but um, and this cuts both ways, and and no, this is not a review, this is a feature, this is a what I'm playing, because A, this is an early access, and B, um, the developer cannot be more explicit in saying, this is not the final version of the game, and even during the time that I've been playing it this last week, he's added some things, like I've been playing in the developer branch, which adds hibernation, but anyway, so what is Megasphere? Megasphere is Castlevania Symphony of the Night in far-flung cyberspace, um, deep space travel, where you, uh, uh, I can't remember what, what they call you. The your name is a tie, but uh, the other systems that you meet have a funny name for you. It's like a, it's not like humanoid, but it's like something like that. Anyway, cool thing is that Megasphere attempts to take all of the good stuff from Castlevania Symphony of the Night, i.e., customizable weapons. There are no stats in Megasphere, which kind of sucks. It's like a hybrid. It's really like a cross between Metroid and Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Because you have these two weapons that are active at all times. Pressing the fire button switches between them. Um, Each weapon has three upgrade slots. 
Each upgrade slot can be upgraded twice. And then you need to have upgraded um, attribute tokens for those slots. So essentially, it's... Once, once you realize what's going on, it's essentially... Castlevania procedurally generated Castlevania Symphony of the Night in like a Metroid flavored vein there is no grappling hook that I've seen um, blah but where you make your own weapons so it's like okay well I have this you know they're like they're like I've, I think I've seen like maybe five or six maybe seven eight ish different types of base weapons like there's a gravity gun there's a uh, a zapper which is your basic gun there's um like a sniper rifle there's a thing called carpenter which shoots actually like a uh, a physical uh giant nail like superheated plasma nail that can like nail creatures to like walls and shit um there's a flamethrower there's uh, several different types of flamethrowers. There's a RPG. There's um, uh, a thing called Flaming Bear, which is like a machine gun that shoots fireballs, which I like in particular. Um, there's a uh, a beam weapon that has these splitting beams that do light damage, but you can fire a lot of them. So, okay, so each one of those base guns, those are like the base guns, we'll say. You, you get base guns and stuff like that by killing other enemies and like finding, you know, weapon location spots, blah. Remember that I said it's procedurally generated, so it's different every fucking time. And it has permadeath with checkpoints. So you only have like one life to live, which is one of the problems with wh- which, which we'll get to later on. Um, but so let's go back to the weapons because this is a real star of Megasphere. That and the enemies, the enemies and the geography and the weapons really coalesce together very well, with the exception of the fact that it gets way too hard. In fact, it's way too hard from the beginning, which is kind of cool, but it also kind of sucks. So let's talk more about the weapons though. So let's say you have like a zapper and, um, We'll call the other one the beam weapon because I can't remember what it's called, but it's this, it's this, it's this gun that shoots just these endless amounts of uh, two little beam things. It goes like pew 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 pew, and you can shoot a lot of them. Your weapon, you don't have a clip, but your weapon, your actual gun on your character, it starts to turn re- from bright white when it's fully charged to red when it's completely out and then you need to stop shooting because it needs to recharge that's one problem because it's difficult to keep track of that and it'd be nicer if there were a meter on the screen to show you that um, like how close you are to being out of charge Um, but anyway, so let's just take the normal zapper weapon Okay, it's called a zapper and it just shoots like a big blue beam thing, very similar to like a generic um, the pew 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 pew, I hate that word by the way um, so then you have these three upgrade slots well once you upgrade the upgrade slots to accommodate weapon upgrades which require upgrade tokens which you get from killing things um, 
one token per slot will upgrade the slot from a triangle to like a little um, rectangle. Then you can start throwing in the rectangular uh, shaped uh, upgrades into that weapon. You, once you upgrade a weapon, you can't ever remove them from that weapon. But that's okay, because when you die, you lose a great amount of everything, which is something that also sucks about the game, and that needs to be rebalanced. So, what 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 type of stuff are we talking about here? Well, let's say I want to... I want my zapper to shoot twice as many projectiles that bounce off of surfaces, and that auto home on enemies. Okay, that would be uh, multiple uh, reflection and uh, the target guy. I can't remember what the target guy is called, but those are upgrades you can make to it. Let's say you want it to be insanely accurate. Well, okay, fine. Then you're gonna, you, let's say you want it to be insanely accurate with um, a lot of uh, a lot of ammo and fast shooting with better damage. So that would be penetration, um, speed, and uh, the target reticule. There's a vast amount of customization for these weapons, is what I'm trying to say. You basically make your own fucking guns, which is really, really cool. It, it, it lets you take, for the most part, some of the weapons just kind of suck in my humble opinion. Like, the flamer, I do not like the flamer. It's just a flamethrower. Um, and it doesn't really, you know, uh, doesn't really pump my nads. But then there's, like, that little particle gun that I was talking about. The part, the part, it's not called the particle gun, but whatever. The one that just shoots a lot of these little laser things. Well, if you add multiple to it, reflection to it, and, uh, say penetration to it, that gun allows you to shoot around corners, around all of the geography, everything basically, you need reflection on every gun you have, more or less. Um, because the enemies are really, really, they'll really fuck you up. They will really hurt you very badly, from the smallest all the way up to the biggest, and there is no real gradation in between where you are in in your playtime, between when you encounter the really deadly enemies and the less deadly enemies um, because it's all procedurally generated. Now this sucks. Now we can we can start to get before, actually before we get into why this this doesn't suck, but this is a problem. This this something this is something that needs to be worked around. And uh, I get the impression that AK the developer is really doing his best to make this a fucking great game. He's been in development on it for, you know, two years now almost, and uh, he doesn't really seem to be showing any signs of abandoning it. I would love to talk to him, interview him uh, about this game, because here's what's really cool about Megasphere. You will learn to use both of your weapons, both of your guns, in situational strategy things that you're doing that because everything is new. Everything is always new. Every time you die, everything is always new. The map is always new. Um, the maps are huge. It's very difficult to stay alive um, because the enemies can be so hard. The enemies can be so unforgiving. They can come at you in swarms. There are various different types of enemies that have various different types of firing patterns and various different levels of aggression. 
Um, so shooting around corners for me is kind of essential. This is a top, this is a right to left to right scrolling shooter, by the way. You know, press down to drop down, um, you know, uh, uh, planks or whatever. You can jump through those, but then there are hard parts. And the levels are most, most of the materials in the levels are completely destructible. Um, which is also neat too. So there's like a, a whole kind of voxel-esque kind of aspect to it if you want with lots of patience. But the problem is it is very, 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 very Michael Bernard Loggins fucking very super difficult hard to upgrade beyond to upgrade your guns and live or your subsystems and and live beyond um first upgrade tiers because then you have to find a fusion generator and there are different types of fusion generators they can take unresearched weapons and then research them for you if you have two unresearched weapon upgrades or two unresearched or two suit upgrades and a power token you can feed them into it and then it'll give you a new thing unfortunately here's the fucked up thing about that it also spawns an endless amounts of enemies, endless amount of enemies. Just to get to that far is really, really difficult. I have never survived um, with my upgrade uh, any one of these fusion stations. Also, so, like, the game needs to be rebalanced a little bit in that respect. The other thing that I would really like to see is yes, it is procedurally generated. Yes, it does have permadeath, but that's kind of something that sucks. The permadeath aspect of it, I think, should be nerfed because here's the problem. So you find a save station which doesn't save anything except for what you have kind of when you show up at the save station. You can get like a you can then go on like a three hour run wh- where you get like lots of weapons and stuff and even find another save station, even maybe. The things that you save at the save station aren't necessarily what you'll get back when you die. Beyond that, the areas that you've explored are all gone and they regenerate, which is kind of stupid. I think it's kind of stupid. There, I could see how there might be some masochistic portion of the audience, you know, for these type of games. Because the game is great. The game is really fun. It's just so punishingly hard. And it doesn't let you keep anything that you had before. Like, normally, in a game like this, like, you would upgrade stuff, and you would get to keep the stuff that you would upgraded. Or the next time you found that thing, it would automatically be upgraded. Or whatever. No, it's not like that at all in Megasphere. So every time you die, it's almost like you're still starting from zero. And I'm not quite clear on the logic as to what you get to keep and what you lose because, for instance, I have this one, the the little particle gun or whatever and the zapper. You lose the upgrades that you have in one or the other. Sometimes, though, you'll lose everything but your zapper. Most of the time, you'll lose 
half of everything that you have in your inventory in terms of upgrades that you've been saving while you try to find a fusion station or whatever. This is really hard. Beyond that, there there is a boss encounter that I've gotten to, and that was when I started to really seriously play the game and start looking at it from a really hardcore critical perspective. You can set your own waypoints and stuff in this invisible floaty map that you get to explore anew every time, which gets... You would think that'd be really cool, and it is, but it's only really cool the first time before you die. Like, if you... I think that... I think it would be better if you would explore a floor because there are like multiple floors to the space station that that you're on um they're huge they're huge but like you can go through a door and go to another area um of hugeness that's also unexplored all of this gets wiped more or less every time you die and honestly it's crazy when like you respawn and even if you have like you know the stuff that you kind of need to survive you respawn with like one fifth of your health and nothing is explored anymore and the enemies that are there are gonna fucking kill you that gets really frustrating very very quickly um I think it would be better if instead of it being procedurally generated uh throughout with permadeath I think it would be better if instead of permadeath any place that you would explored would be saved. Like, that part of the map would be saved. So when you die, bam, you know, you're stored on that floor, and all the places that you've been, that whole map is still there. That way, you don't have to fucking and maybe salt it with a little bit of uh, procedurally generated enemy spawns, but just a little bit. Because it's fucking hard to get anywhere in this game. It's a lot of fun. But it's very, very frustrating and very difficult. And not just very difficult in like a fair way or like um like a daddy hits you because you cry kind of like ha ha, we we like difficult games and we know that you like them too. This is like kind of this needs some work. This needs to be wood shopped. And I'm saying this from a perspective of love of this game. I'm not trying to and I know that everything that I, I'm saying here probably won't be acknowledged or won't be because it's kind of outside the the original why are there dogs barking outside of my house it's kind of outside of the original development purview of the project because here's what here's what the about this game says play a special yeah blah 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 randomize everything new world each time you play tough enemies those AIs are called intelligence for a reason Upgradable weapons, a homing flamethrower, a wall-destroying gravit- graviton, a bouncing RPG, the sci-fi look you've loved, and the the art is fantastic. Pixel art plus pixel-perfect modern lighting engine. It is fantastic-looking game. Permadeath with checkpoints. Believable, alive world. All right, one life per user, unless you're a cat. That's one of the problems. Physics-based platforming. Believable, alive world so good it hurts, and it is physics it does have a physics engine that is pretty good, gamepad or mouse plus keyboard designed to work with your favorite control scheme, I've been playing it with the um, with the gamepad it's punishing with the gamepad if you don't have reflector on everything unfortunately it's not quite as good if you're playing it with the mouse and keyboard 
So it's kind of like you have to compromise between those two worlds. Picking one of those and then really focusing on that would really help this game a lot. Um, but really, it's the permadeath with checkpoints thing that comes across as being most inconsistent. Because there's nothing as there's nothing as frustrating as finally spending after five hours, spending five hours exploring everything you can, trying to find just these random weapon upgrades to get the one upgrade that you kind of need to beat the first boss that's recommended by AK in the forums. He responds to all the forum posts and stuff like that. He's a very um, responsive developer. Um, And I'm going to link him to this. I hope that he listens to this. And it's a great, great game in progress. But these are major issues that the game needs to resolve because it's very frustrating to spend... I've only gotten the one weapon that he recommends for the first boss. I've only gotten it one time. And eventually I died. And I didn't get to keep it. Um, And you don't get to keep a lot of things when you die. But most importantly, I think the biggest pain point for me is that one of the greatest things about Castlevania Symphony of the Night is as you explore the map and stuff, regardless of when you die or whatever, there are parts of the map that you know that you haven't been to yet and that you want to explore the maps in Megasphere are twice as big as Castlevania Symphony of the Night even though they don't vary as widely graphically in terms of style and stuff as Castlevania Symphony of the Night they are humongous it would be great if when you save you lock in it's not procedurally generated from that point That, that area of the map unexplored, explored, or whatever is locked in so that that way you could have the benefits of uncovering the whole fucking floor and then also knowing where all sorts of key things are like fusion stations and uh, doors and other stuff that would be really, really, really awesome that would make this game fantastic and way less frustrating Um, I don't know what the deal is with I mean, literally 12 hours I've died maybe, uh, I'd say 50, 60, 70 times. I don't know what the uh, logic behind what gets taken from you and what you get to keep when you die is. Um, That needs to be changed too. Because if you've saved and I've gone out of my way to find a save station, but there's no way you're going to be able to upgrade something and then get to a save station in my experience. It's just impossible. It is too hard. It is way too hard. Um, Some people might find that very cool. I find it very, very, very frustrating. Especially because it seems like it takes away all of the work that you've done every time you die. Um, And it starts you off with like one-fifth of your health. So it's very easy to die immediately after you after you respawn. But bigger than that is that it seems like it takes away your it does. It doesn't just seem like it takes away all of your entire map that you've explored. I think it'd be much better if once you save on a floor, it locks in that floor, floor's map, even if you haven't explored it yet. So that way you can explore it. Um and that would be really cool. That would that would go a long way. Then figuring out what you're gonna do in terms of how you can lock in your weapons because it sucks to upgrade it takes a lot of time to upgrade a single weapon um, to even come up with a single 
level two upgrade is something that I have not been able to do um, in the entire game. I did it once for a suit upgrade. That actually worked out, but I lost that when I died. So, like, that got downgraded. That's no fun. I mean, that's really no fun. Like, there needs to be some work on that. He's just added in this last week of a feature that lets you hibernate so you can basically save and exit the game at any point and return to that exact same save point later on when you boot up the game but that doesn't do anything to ameliorate these two larger issues um all that having been said I if it's this project. I think that if he makes these two changes, if he comes up with a way to ameliorate these two massive problems, and I regard them as massive problems because the game as it stands, I don't want to play it anymore. Um, once I realized that these were the two massive problems, I gave it like three, four more hours, and every time I die, I just don't, I want to turn it off. Um, I hate to say that, but it's true, and I think that a lot of people might agree with me in that like, one of the coolest things that it's, like, paying homage to is that whole idea of constant exploration, but in an infinite, infinite procedurally generated type of Castlevania. That's really cool, but you also need, you, you can't forget the thing that made Castlevania so cool was being able to explore every nook and cranny and clearing out all the parts of the map that you haven't explored yet, and then also knowing the map. So, like, you have to lock those things in. Um, you know, so yeah, it'd be great if new game or new floor gives you a whole new game, you know, a whole new floor. You know, like, okay, fine, we're gonna go through one of the doors to another area. Well, then procedurally generate away, my friend. Um, but then if I save on that floor, I want that that area saved, whether or not how much I've explored of it. So that way I can go back to the other places that I've explored and rely on oh, well, I know where the fusion generator is and I've cleared out this place and, you know, and then you salt it with a little bit of enemy spawns, a little bit, not too much, a little bit. Um, That would be, that would go, that would make the game fucking amazeballs. I would have logged 60 hours of it. I would not have stopped playing it to record this podcast. So, at $14.99, the other thing is it's it came out on August 25th, 2015 so it's like been in early access for a long time and it's kind of brutal but April 30th, you know it came out with a, a little bit of a patch um, it's still a work in progress he's got some new enemies and stuff um, he's very responsive to you know, stuff that people say on the forums on the discussion board and stuff for Megasphere um it would be heartbreaking if he left this game in this state. And it's because it seems like he's got everything nailed out of the park. It's visually beautiful. The physics, the weapons, everything is really, really, really good. Um, and yeah, I would just like to see locking in the levels so that it's not completely procedurally generated. And I'd also like to see better retention of or more proliferation of save spots that actually save everything that you have when you save. Because that's like... Or just your two primary weapons and your suit upgrades. You know, that would be awesome. That would be really cool. 
That doesn't happen right now. And if it does, it happens inconsistently enough that I can't tell what the logic is behind it. So I'm I'm having a hard time saying that you should run right out and go buy Megasphere, but I really like it, and it looks like it could be something very, very special. I think it does deserve your support. Fourteen dollars and ninety nine cents. If you're if you like if you are like me and you love Castlevania Symphony of the Night and or Super Metroid and have been looking for a procedurally generated equivalent to it, then yes, get Megasphere. And for my the way I look at it is once you pay your fourteen dollars and ninety nine cents in early access, and that gives you every right to jump in the discussions and post, you know, your feedback to it. And I'm gonna post a, a, a little thing about this just, you know, and I, I hope you won't take it too hard because these are kind of brutal suggestions that are not really and they're kind of antithetical to what he's trying to do, but what he's trying to do isn't it's well executed already and it's not that good um it could be better, and I think it could be better with these few changes which would make it, instead of a 12 hour game this week for me, it would have been a 60 hour game for me this week so that's Megasphere, I will catch you guys next week um, with uh, more of a normal show no column this week, no deals this week. Um, I really wanted to talk about Megasphere, and it's the only thing I've been playing. So there you go. Why why beat around the bush? Cheers. Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, www.bestlinuxgames.com. Uh, you can check out uh, our last two episode issues of the column, which are good. Uh, we did Ravenfield last week, and then uh, a couple weeks before, we did Flinthook, um, which is a great game. Speaking of procedurally generated side-scrolling platformers with grappling hooks. Um, yeah, so that'll do us. Cheers. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux... It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.